Welcome to Sideline Judgment. My name is Sergio. My name is Tyler. And today, Tyler, we're previewing everything week seven of the college football season. We'll start with quick hits. We'll go into some postponements. We will then go into five wide and two point conversion. Tyler, let's start off with the biggest news in college football. Tyler, the biggest figure potentially in college football history. In the history of the sport. And we're talking about a sport that includes Newt Rockney and, and a whole bunch of other different people. Nick Saban has COVID. Dun, dun, dun. Dun. It got, hey, uh, I, 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 how much money do you want to bet that somebody calls into Paul Feinbaum show, the Feinbaum show today and says like, COVID ain't seen nothing like Nick Saban, Paul. <laughs> hey, pa- um, Paul, I don't know if you checked the schedule, but COVID ain't played nobody. COVID ain't played nobody. Well, COVID ain't played nobody, yeah, Paul. Paul. In all seriousness, uh, Nick Saban does have a COVID-19, and does, as does uh, uh, Alabama Athletic Director Greg Byrne. Mm-hmm. Um, Saban's case is asymptomatic Yes, at the current moment. His daughter confirmed on Twitter that he is coaching via Zoom at the moment, and he's feeling fine. Because of course which, he is. Of course he is. <laughs> Well, first of all, do you think his wife's happy to see him at home all the, all the time? I th- I think his wife. I think the reason the issue there. Nick, but, Saban, but, Nick Saban needs this. Like I was I was gonna say that. I think his wife would want him home more often. I don't think his wife wants him home in this situation. <laughs> yeah, I think he's not in the vacation mode that he is probably a day and a half out of the year. So. It's kind of like he's still at work, but now she's dealing with like sideline Nick Saban. And I'm sure that mm-hmm. when he comes home from work, he's not the Nick Saban that we know as football fans. I'm I'm sure he's different at home with his wife. And so now There's she's no separation seeing, of that now. Yeah, now she's seeing the work from home Saban, and oh boy, I don't know if uh, that's gonna be fun. Um, I, we will say this. Obviously, we hope that for Saban and the Alabama athletic director Absolutely. that they make a speedy recovery. Again, COVID is not something to joke about. COVID is none of that stuff. But we do have questions in terms of this football game on Saturday against Georgia. Tyler, I want to hold all of that until we talk about the game. Okay. Because I think it will have a competitive consequence. I think it will have an effect on the game. And I think we should hold off until five wide when we get to that. Because obviously it's one of our five wide games. Of course. All right. So anything else you want to say about Saban and COVID without going into games? It obviously goes without saying that um, we hope that Saban recovers. And that of course. Is, as we do with everybody else. Yes. But, uh, yeah, let's let's move on to other coronavirus news. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, the Florida Gators, you know, that, that team that we talk about a lot. Never heard of them. Never heard uh, of them, yeah, um, Had 19 positive tests, um, I believe, was reported Tuesday. It was reported on Tuesday, correct, October 13th, and it was reported via the independent Florida Alligator, the student newspaper at the University of Florida, and it was reported by Peyton Titus. Uh, We want to just say Peyton Titus, doing the Lord's work, doing phenomenal journalism, went in. If you read the article on the Alligator's website, you can see how she not only got the source, got the information. She went out, reached out to AM, she reached out to Scott Strickland, she reached out to everyone that needed to have that inform that she needed to cross reference. And she did a phenomenal journalistic job. And I think yeah. that is deserves to be celebrated. And um Scott Strickland actually shouted her out today in his press conference saying specifically that she did a, specifically she specifically did a great job with the reporting. So hats off to you. Fantastic. Student journalism is just journalism. Like it, journalism no, is journalism. Doesn't journalism matter how old you are. And you did a good job. Yeah. Um on the flip side of this, Florida has 19 positive COVID tests. Um, some of them w- are among the assistant coaching staff. And mm-hmm. all in all, if you take in contact tracing, this could this means that Florida would have about less than 50 players available for Saturday's game against LSU. Mm-hmm. So that has obviously been postponed. Which leads us into our postponements for the week. Tyler, we'll start with LSU and Florida. We were supposed to play, but as you said, just under 50 players available because of contact mm-hmm. tracing and all that. Um, and the SEC rule is you need 56 players available to play, and you need certain requirements for position groups. You need at least a, one singular quarterback, they said. You need at least seven offensive linemen, and you need at least four defensive linemen. I know those off the top of my head. I don't know the others, but that information is there. Clearly, the Gators don't have that. Therefore, they had to push it. It has been temp- tentatively pushed to December 12th. 
you will remember that the SEC said their title game would be either December 12th or the 19th. So now that week now looks like it's if the, the Gators 19th. are a team that ends up there, it'll be moved to the 19th. As of now, um, LSU and Florida is moved on. Tyler, you had mentioned to me off air that you were, a, I don't want to say great. No, I mean, like, because this, this is what I said off air was that like a part of me is kind of happy that this game has been postponed. And I want you to elaborate on that. Uh, the part of me that doesn't like to get stressed um <laughs> the gator fan in me the ga- yeah i i will like there's another part of me that that is very fiercely um upset about this game being postponed yeah because it was miles brennan lsu's quarterback who's actually been playing pretty well uh was doubtful for the game and they were likely going to start a true freshman in the swamp yeah which would have made me feel a lot better about in terms florida's, of competitiveness florida's chances like i still yeah. think florida would have won because i think florida's a better team mm-hmm. um but i think that would even just put it up like and that's yeah. like that's exactly what this defense needs is true freshmen, not the last three quarterbacks they face, which are all experienced quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in good and two two are in good offenses, and one is like been playing five years of college football. Yeah, and the same offense for like three years. It doesn't matter. Um, but in reality, I, I'm happy this game got postponed. They yeah. did the right thing. Agreed. Um, LSU also fully came out in support of it. Um, a shocker in the world of LSU Florida games. LSU (laughs) being supportive of having to move a game with Florida because of things out of Florida's control. That's wild. 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 Um, I mean, it gets them another week to brainstorm how to fix the defense. They can't (laughs) practice. So it basically doesn't matter. Um, Oh boy. But I will say that I would have, I would have preferred that there, there had been a, an idea thrown around that LSU moves the Auburn game a week back. Mm-hmm. to november 7th and florida's bye week is the week before that october 31st which is uh the bye week before the georgia game that was on florida's game is on november 7th lsu florida play that date and then lsu auburn gets pushed into their bye week and they that so and, and i would have I, the only reason i would have preferred that the only reason is because i don't think it's smart to use your last case postponement date in the first time you have to postpone a game. Okay. There's still six, there's still seven more of these games. Well, I, and, I think... And so you're three weeks into a 10-game season. You're already having to postpone one. And you use your last slot when there is a way you could work around it. Mm-hmm. And I understand that you know you want to do bye weeks and working all that thing around. But this is your bye week now. Um, that's just what this season is going to be. So I think I would have preferred if they had moved it if they had shuffled things around to move it a little bit earlier in the season, even if it's before the Georgia game, which would suck. Yeah. And then right. you go selfishly, you don't want it. You want to have your bye week before Georgia. And Georgia's like, going to have a bye before. But what are the chances that a not, not even not if it's Florida's fault, that another one of these games gets postponed or have to be canceled? Pretty high. Yeah. So I think no, you want to preserve that last spot. Until- I think I think you're right, and I agree with you. I just want to push back a little bit because they said it was tentative. They said that this stuff still can move around. That still can be okay. something that happens. I feel like they just said it because they needed a date once they announced it was suspended. They needed to stop being asked about it. Because if you re- if you notice, also there's a second suspend postponement in the SEC, and that's Vandy, Missouri. That game was also moved to that same slot. And I believe that it's just that immediate movement, I think, because of the nature of the season, because of the question marks around it, because, like you said, that – December 12th week is like a last chance bye week to fill in games. Um, I feel like because of that, things are going to move around. I, I don't anticipate LSU Florida being on the 12th. I don't anticipate it being played. That. I hope I, not. Because I do anticipate it being moved around and our schedule not being what it was. This, this is not the only time that this is going to happen and Agreed. probably not the only time it's going to happen in Florida. That's okay. That's what this season is. Right. We have we're accepted already, that. We're already stretching the limits of what we should be doing by even playing college football. Correct. Agreed. And the first two, three weeks didn't feel like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But now, we, or this, is a, this is a reminder, Nick Saban getting COVID as well, yeah. this is a reminder that, oh yeah, we are still in a global pandemic. Correct, correct. And and this the, those two SEC games are not the only postponements this week. There's also a big game in the Big 12. Oklahoma State and Baylor was also postponed. Um, we'll see when that is made up because Baylor's missed quite a few games now. So it's a question of do they even play a full season. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, Tyler, anything else on these postponements? Anything else on the Gator game? Like I said, um, 
small selfish part of me is is, is happy that this game is getting postponed because yeah. i won't be stressed also i can watch the rest of these games free <laughs> as a bird um, agreed agreed i have uh, an intramural softball game at four o'clock on saturday and i legitimately was planning on having one airpod in and listening to mike hubert while they're only an hour long so it was only going to be probably till about halftime and then i was gonna get with a friend and go to like an outdoor like bar type area and like we were going to get like a, a table the two of us and we were going to mm-hmm. watch the game um but now that won't happen i don't have to sneak an airpod onto the intramural softball field hey you, just so, put, you can just play ball i can just play ball you know and i can yeah. just have my phone phone open while i'm waiting to to hit and check these other games out so um yes you are correct as a fan it it does get a little bit of like okay i could just watch saturday's game you know yeah this, this is more. like i always i i always talked about like back in college, I actually kind of, as much as I loved home games, I really did. There was a certain nice thing about playing an away game. You watch your game, but then you can do whatever else you want. Yeah. And for me, a lot of times that was watching the other games. Yeah. But like I could do whatever I wanted. For we did that a couple times. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, so, I remember, I remember um, the thing with home games is that when you're a student at UF, a home game is an entire day affair. That's your day. That's your and day. It's, done. It's awesome, but that means that anything you got else you got to get done that weekend that, that happens on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's and that's why I. That's assuming I really, you make it to Sunday. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why I loved the three thirty slot because it was late enough in the day that I didn't have to wake up at nine in the morning to tailgate. I could sleep in because I probably went out the night before, so I could wake up at ten ten thirty, get ready, and then be at a tailgate by eleven thirty, and then boom, I got like three four hours of tailgating go to the game when you're done you can then go out and you can watch football more like 3 30 is the the perfect excuse me 3 30 is the perfect time slot for college football all right tyler let's talk about these games that we're going to get a chance to watch let's go into five wide let's go into two point um score to date tyler k williams 22 sergio 16 i am catching up tyler i'm down six it is a one possession game right here bud all right Let's okay. start off on a Friday, Tyler. Let's let's start off on a Friday. We got BYU taking on Houston, 9.30 p.m. on ESPN. Again, that's a Friday kickoff. Tyler, you have the first two-point conversion, which means I have first pick on five wide. Yes, sir. Tyler, what's your favorite type of milk? Well, this is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I mean, it is. it's just... it's. I mean, whole milk. Whole milk. Okay, that's understandable. Two percent. Two percent. That's man. another type. There's four percent. Hot chocolate is my There's favorite hot type of milk. Tyler, personally, I'm not a big milk fan, but you know what I am a fan of? I'm a fan of half and half. Oh jeez. I am a fan of that beautiful product that I can put into my coffee, and you know. See, I'm not a coffee what, person. This is why this. And work and me. you and you know what good half and half is. It's BYU, Tyler. And let me tell you why. Those two parts of that half and half, they go by the name of Zach Wilson and Gunnar Romney. These boys can play football. They're phenomenal. They're they're 4-0. These guys are balling out. Tyler, Tyler, you know Zach Wilson has completed 81% of his passes this year? Mormon Manziel, baby. He has eight touchdowns. Zach Wilson for Heisman. Eight touchdowns, one interception. The man's thrown for over 1,200 yards in four games. Gunnar Romney has 453 receiving yards in four games. That's an average of like 110, 120, 115 yards a game. That's that's, in, that's insane. Yeah, that's pretty. Impressive. I love this um, passing attack. Uh, I saw Houston a little bit in their first game, and they struggled and still won. They struggled and still won. I think. They went up against a Tulsa team that was a little bit Tulane. Was Tulane? I was gonna say Tulane. Went up against yeah. a Tulane team that, you know, was a little banged up at places and wasn't the strongest. I feel like going up against BYU. BYU is on a mission, a Mormon mission, one would say. Students. Oh, oh my god! Oh my <laughs> god! I had to do it, Tyler. Why? They, they they are out there preaching the word. See, of, this won't take two years though, so I don't know. See, but what they what they what they miss in length of time, they make up for an explosiveness on offense, Tyler. And I feel okay, like they will be preaching the word of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints all in Houston 
just they're going to be balling out. I think I'm going to go with BYU. This is a special BYU team, and it's a shame that they don't play more. Uh, they don't play any Power Five opponents, and it's a shame that they don't play more high level teams. You know, absolutely. So. Um, they definitely deserve to. In a normal year, this BYU team would have a way harder schedule. Yes, and that would give them more opportunities. Like. I'm not really talking playoffs or anything, but like just more opportunities to show out and show how good of a team they are. And right. I mean, people, people like us and people like a lot of people who watch college football closely are catching on. Mm-hmm. And BYU right now is the closest thing we got to a Pac-12 after dark team. Yeah. Um, Tyler, do you want to so, do you want to see what? Um, do you want to know what BYU's original schedule was? Let's yes, let's look please. at these teams. At Utah, okay. Michigan State. At Arizona State, at Minnesota, Utah State, Missouri at home, Houston at home, at Northern Illinois, that's kind of like one of their off weeks, by, at Boise State, San Diego State at home, North Alabama, and then at Stanford. Jeez. So, Tyler, that means that they have three road games against Pac-12 opponents, they have a road game against a Big Ten opponent. They have a home game against a Big Ten against a Big Ten opponent, and then they have a road game against Boise State. If they were to be playing at the level that they're You're forgetting the SEC opponent, I mean, well, it's Missouri, so I didn't know if it was the 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 defeater of the na- the defending national champion LSU Tigers. Do, don't don't start it, Tyler. You and I have both been on the train. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We we both were on the train that LSU was not as good as they as they were going to be last year. You cannot get to claim. I'm just playing. I'm uh-huh. just playing. Okay, Tyler. Okay. So you get my point. BYU has a phenomenal schedule, and it's a shame that they're not playing it. Had a phenomenal schedule. It's a shame they're not playing it because they deserve to be in those competition in those conversations. Yeah. So that's why I'm picking BYU. Fantastic team. Um, love the pairing of Wilson to Romney. It's going to be great. Yeah, uh, I agree. I'm going to also pick BYU. Nice. They're just they're too good. They are they're too good. They are too good, man. They are too good. They so this would be a spot where they could slip up. Yeah, but I I think they're too good. And hey, it is a Friday night, nine thirty Eastern, eight thirty local time game. On ESPN. But they thrive in these conditions. They thrive. And they do. I think I, they killed Louisiana Tech like two weeks ago on Friday night. <laughs> they did. And and listen, Tyler, I just want to say BYU doing the Lord's work, making it their mission. I'm going to do it again, Tyler. Making it their oh, mission Jesus. to give us Pac-12 after dark vibes in this season. Yeah. Thank you very much, BYU. This is the closest thing we got to a Pac-12 team it right really, now. Really, so it really is, Tyler. We, we stand. <laughs> Tyler, the next game on the docket, it's a noon game on Saturday. It is Pittsburgh taking on Miami on the ACC Network. Tyler, who do you have? So Miami just came off a loss to Clemson, which you had to feel good about in the sense that Miami was getting lost simply – Miami was getting lost. Miami was getting beat simply because they were a less talented team. Correct. Not because of doing stupid things necessarily. They didn't beat themselves. They didn't beat themselves. They just aren't as good. They're not Clemson, which They're, honestly no one is. So yeah. Alabama may they now they now travel back home and take on a team that does nothing but beat themselves. <laughs> um, Pitt, we beat ourselves. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh does one thing, and that's beat themselves. <laughs> but you know what? Today, Pittsburgh's going to transfer some of that. Back to Miami, uh, and Pittsburgh's gonna march into the you know wonderfully socially distanced field hard, down at Cole Hard Gables. Rock Stadium, and yeah, whatever. Um, and they're gonna win. Pitt's gonna take out a win against Miami. Tyler Clemson's gonna beat them two weeks in a row. Tyler, I'm so sad because given that we it is a one possession game here, I wanted you to pick Miami and use reason, reason and logic instead of this pit universe that you and i have decided to live in i was gonna tell you that this is a perfect pit game this is it's a perfect pit this game. has pit game written all over it tyler if you don't think that my behind is gonna be glued to this game this is the reason i got hulu with live sports for the sec and the acc <laughs> network it's for games like this tyler for these yeah. pit moments so you best believe that i'm gonna try to pull for pit but 
because I'm losing to you and because Pitt is Pitt, as much as I want a Pitt game to happen, I'm going to have to take Miami here, Tyler. They are a phenomenal football team. De'Eric King can have his way with a defense if he wants. And Miami showed us in the first half that their defense is tough. Their defense is tough and is capable of handling top-level talent. Clemson is the exception because Clemson is Clemson. But they ain't seen nothing like Kenny Pickett. I can't. Do you? I can't give. Do you? I was gonna say. Do you want to try that again and not laugh while you say it? Because (laughs) all right, I'm gonna take that back. Take it back. Take it back. Okay. They ain't seen nothing like Pitt's chaos, dude. (laughs) Like no. Um, You know it. I know it. it, This is just Pitt has the last two weeks. Pitt has lost in heartbreaking fashion, as Pitt does, and they're due for a course correct. Uh, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, you know, see, I'm just Tyler, saying, I'm you're just you're lo- you're using logic with Pitt, and that's just not sitting right with me. Therefore, I'm gonna take Miami because I do need to come back, and I do like De'Ara King. Oh, so you're gonna use logic for the University of Miami? So it's a lose lose. What are you saying here, Tyler? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I might as well just try to get, get gain some points on you, okay? <laughs> What's more logical? Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> not us. <laughs> So that is the noon kickoff game. Tyler, let's move forward to the next game. We have UCF taking on Memphis, 3.30 on ABC. So now it's Birdman hand rub. Yes, sir, because now that... This one's good. Now that the Gator game is postponed, I can devote my full attention to this UCF-Memphis game. Not only because I I have an emotional attachment with someone who has an emotional attachment to this game, but because... This game, the winner of this game is fast-tracked to play Cincinnati in the American Championship game. Well, actually, Memphis is in – oh, is it different this year? It's different. There are, it's like a round-robin oh, technique. Oh, you're right. You're right. Because you're right. UConn – Usually yours Memphis and Cincinnati right, are the same. Right. RIP UConn. All right. My bad. I take that back. Yeah, so Continue. the winner of this game I feel is on a fast-track. I think they both still have to play Cincinnati, but they each have one loss now. Um, they each have one conference loss, more importantly. And mm. the loser of this game will have two. The winner of this game will still have one. And even if they lose to Cincinnati, they'll still be able to be that second team that will be able to make the title game. Yeah. So This is huge. This is huge. This is huge. I have the first pick here, Tyler. Um, after watching Memphis take on SMU, I was very concerned about the law office. I'm sorry, about the medical practice of Brady White in terms of the beginning of football games. He turned it on at halftime. And then on the flip side, watching UCF a few times this year, I was concerned about how that defense, how long, Mm. how that defense wasn't able to get off the field on third downs. That was something that our Waffle House Bees, Waffle House University Bees did a lot. They were able to continue drives. And the reason this was a game into the third and fourth quarter was because UCF couldn't get off the field. It was a problem with Tulsa. In the game that they lost, they could not get off the field. Third and eight, third and seven, third and nine. Those kind of those kind of possessions, those kind of drives. Yeah. Um. So I do have concern on both sides of this game. <sighs> Tyler, this game is at link is at Liberty Field. This game's in Memphis. It's in Memphis. Oh my god! Just know whatever you say is going to be recorded and put on airwaves and certain people may come back to like bite you oh i know oh i See, know sir i have family members that go to ucf but they don't listen to this so um it, it's also your sister i can say whatever i it's want it's also your sister and you know siblings fight whatever i i think mine has a little more implication <sighs> yeah because like you can you can pick against your sisters and yeah like, for sure you can pick against siblings is no can, big deal. I can pick against Oklahoma, and Diego will give me crap about it, but I'm not going to, you know, be held against yeah. me. All right, I think uh, – I, all right, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with UCF. Do you think, I'm going to go with UCF. Ooh. And here's why. Here's why. Because I do, I do like Dylan Gabriel. I do like the offense. This is a Florida-type situation. There's a lot of parallels between UCF and Florida this year, as much as Florida fans mm-hmm. don't want to hear it. There's a lot of parallels because it's... No, they're very similar molds of teams. I was texting with my friend Matt, who is a UCF alum, when we were when we lost the game against A&M, and he kept saying... it's he, he was texting me and he was saying that it's funny how both of our teams are kind of built similarly. 
fast-paced, high-flying offenses can score at will, but defenses just can't get off the field. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that situation. I like UCF to outscore Memphis, and I think that's why I'm going with UCF. Whatever anyone does, allegedly, take a look at the napkin this coming Saturday morning because I can guarantee you the UCF Memphis over will be included on the napkin. Just want us to throw that out there. Take a look on our sideline judgment um, blog that we got going on here. I'm going to take UCF more points than Memphis. Not an indication of how I feel about UCF as a complete team. I am going to flip to the other side of this, and I'm going to take Memphis. Um I'm gonna. T- yeah, it's it's I, I either one that, is a good pick in my opinion. Here, here's the honest, the honest reason I'm doing mm-hmm. this because I I think UCF is extremely capable of winning this game. Yeah. They like they're these are two teams that are right neck and neck. Dylan Gabriel is much more talented than Brady White. Uh, then, Brady then much the, more experienced. the medical practice of Brady White. The medical practice of Brady White is much more experienced. It's been around a lot longer. <laughs> Has a couple um, more degrees. <laughs> a couple more degrees. Several, a lot more lot. A lot more med school debt. <laughs> <laughs> but um the the real the honest truth yeah. this is this is a coaching matchup to me and i think ryan silverfield is a better coach than josh Ivor. tyler that is a phenomenal piece of analysis there i didn't think of it in terms of coaching and in-game adjustments there i'm not regretting my choice but i'm second guessing it yeah because like <laughs> And I've, I've said this since the moment he was hired. I thought Josh Heifel was the perfect person for them to just continue what they had with Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. But my my whole thing is like, Josh Heifel is going to go to UCF. They're going to put up a million points with those players. He's going to take another job, and he's going to massively disappoint the program. Because mm-hmm. I'm not a huge believer. He only had like one good year as the Missouri offensive coordinator under Drew Locke. And, and, and we've like, seen what Drew Locke has been able to, to do in the NFL and what kind of talent he is. Yeah, and that was also they they faced like three or four teams that just were in the worst possible situation, mm-hmm. and they just killed them. Um, so I I think that we haven't seen as much with Ryan Silverfield, but everything I've heard and just what I've seen so far this season, like the the main the big reason they lost to SMU, and I'm grateful for it because it got me points. <laughs> but um, the reason they lost to SMU is because of turnovers. Yeah, and that's not entirely something that you can coach or not coach. So I'm going to take Memphis for this. Fully capable. Man, UCF is entirely capable of winning this game. They're they're so talented. Yeah. So can we can we throw a little wrinkle in here? Can we put our hoodies on? Can we activate our third eyes? Okay. Real quick? All right. Does UCF under Josh Heupel kind of plateau at eight or nine wins a year? I think so. I think. I mean, they did have that thirteen and one season, but we have to realize that that was a lot of leftover from scott frost they they've slowly and slowly just it's it's a gradual decline extremely gradual but because they're so talented thing is they are they are the best to me they are the group of five team with the best potential to recruit given their location given their type of their type of play style their short but important recent history Mm -hmm. um here's the thing though and I, th- I think the part of this is, one, they just stopped. They've, they've started to be less good, less special, less good. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, they've still, and this is kind of a term of endearment, but it's also the truth. Like, they have solidified their place in their conference where everyone gets up to play UCF. Yeah. And that is a great sign of respect. Correct. Absolutely. 100% want that. When Florida's good, they get that. And that's really, it's a really cool thing to have. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is that when you're not when you're slowly not being as good as you used to be those teams are still getting up to play you Mm -hmm. and you're putting you're going to get every single team's best performance you you saw that with tulsa yeah and and tulsa's a team that beat them back-to-back years and has beat them three of the last four like they get up to play you yeah and so we'll see We'll see. We shall, we see. shall see. I just want we can we can take the hoodies off. We can close our third eyes. I just wanted to you know throw that out there because like what you said stuck out to me that Josh Heupel is going to go to UCF, going to play, stay there a few years, put up some points, and get another job somewhere. If UCF is plateauing at eight nine wins a year, does Josh Heupel get another job, or is he or is he kind of he might get like is he Willie Taggart in a way where he's fantastic at the group of five level, but just can't take that next step up to. 
you know, to a head coaching, a, a power five head coaching gig, you know? Well, only time will tell, but I, I get the feeling like the most he'll get is a much lower level power five gig. Like, there's no group of five team he would leave for because you got used No, to why not? Yeah, you, you're but, at the best potential group of five spot. But, like, let's just say hypothetically, Kansas is hiring. Like, but would you want to leave Florida recruiting I, I wouldn't. for Kansas? I, I, I wouldn't. That's that's the, the the tricky situation he's in where he's like, he's good. Like he's he's kind of underperforming as, as UCF's head coach based off the expectations Scott Frost left behind uh-huh. slightly. But he's winning a lot of games, enough to get a job, but not enough to. He's not doing well enough to get a high enough job. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Like if uh, Northwestern opens up, or an Illinois, or an Illinois opens up, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see. We'll, we shall see. We'll pack that up for another time. Let's move forward. Texas A&M is taking on Mississippi State. It's a four o'clock kickoff on ESPN. This will definitely be the secondary screen after I come back from my softball game. Mm-hmm. Uh, primary screen is going to be UCF Memphis for all the reasons we just talked about. Tyler, you get first pick here. You taking the Aggies or are you taking the Pirates? Mississippi State has played Texas A&M very well for most of the last several years. A lot of that having to do with Dan Mullen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that having to do with just at a lot of times their roster was in a better place. That has diminished recently. Um, Texas A&M, the number 11 team in the country, coming off their first top five win since like 2000. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, first, first since Jimbo's been there. Right. And they played a really good game. A large part of me wants to go with okay. I'm not very, I'm not very encouraged by the Aggies' defense, and Mississippi State could find a way to score points here. Mm-hmm. But Mike Elko is a smart defensive coordinator. I don't think Texas A&M is going to have to do too. Texas A&M had to do a lot offensively to beat Florida. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, Florida wasn't doing trying very hard defensively, right? But Texas A&M still had to do a lot. You still have to outscore Florida. Yeah. And that requires effort. And I don't think that Texas A&M is going to have to put in as much work on offense to beat this Mississippi State team. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Texas A&M. I think, I think what we need to talk, what we need to mention is that I'm of, of the belief, this is not a takeaway from Texas A&M. They, they're, they're a good football team. But I am of the belief that Florida lost the game, Texas A&M didn't win it. Because if the defense gets a singular stop, we win the game. Theoretically, yeah. if Malik Davis, I'm not blaming the game on Malik Davis. We don't. I don't. I do not want to go into that conversation again because we've had that conversation multiple times this week on multiple platforms, and we don't want to do it. But if Malik Davis didn't fumble the football, I have full faith Evan McPherson can kick a 78 yard field goal to win the game. I mean, that's a sign that, Flor- like, like that Florida was in control of was for the most part in control of the game. If someone had to be, Florida was kind of in control. Right. They were always either tied or ahead. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So exactly. So yeah. for that reason, I think I still I come out of that game still thinking Florida's a better team. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. Um, looking at Mississippi State, the case for Mississippi State to win this football game is that you never know what's going to happen with a Mike Leach football team, because Mike Leach could good or bad, man. Good or Mike, bad. Mike Leach could give you uh week Captain Jack Sparrow out week, here week one against LSU. Or he could give you two points against Kentucky. Like <laughs> you don't know what's gonna happen. Um, this is this is one of those. Mike Leach is one of those. You are absolutely the least predictable and consistent football coach I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. <laughs> <laughs> but you have heard of me. Um, exactly. And so uh, that is the case for State. I don't believe that that's gonna happen. I think Jimbo and his his organized culture i don't want to say it's like a it's like a positive culture and stuff to say i don't want to say i would pick his culture over other coaches but they are organized they are well prepared they do know what to do on the field jimbo is going to make sure of that yeah for that reason i'm going to take texas a and i think they're the better right. i think they're the better football team i also think that in what, what is this week four the fourth game of the mike leach era mississippi state fourth game. we've already gone through the yes. whole gamut of emotions um What's one what's more? One more? You know, what's one more? So I'm going to go with A&M just because I think that they're the better football team and that Jimbo's going to have them more structured on the field to execute their game plan. 
And I have faith that Jimbo can prepare their the defense. I know he's more of an offensive-minded coach, but he can prepare the defense to, um, you know, to just be able to make sure that Mississippi State doesn't throw for 700 yards on them, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to go with I, I would agree. I would agree. Tyler. All right. This is it. Here we go. Georgia, Alabama, 8 o'clock, CBS. They have flexed this to be the nighttime CBS game. Um, I have first pick, right? Correct. Before I have first pick, Tyler, I want to know your opinion on how you think the Nick Saban COVID situation will affect the Alabama Crimson Tide. Okay, so yeah, if you just, I'm not, I'm not picking here, but like, if you had asked me to pick this game yesterday, mm-hmm. I could have done it really quickly, very quickly, eyes closed. And now I'm not so sure because there's no way. Currently, what we know about Alabama is their COVID situation is just limited to the coaches. Right. So, now that could be, in the next couple of days, that could clearly, quickly, like, this game could easily be postponed. Yeah. Um, however, that means that the majority, the, the team is still going to play. Mm-hmm. And my understanding is that Nick Saban has been, is feeling asymptomatic. He is coaching via Zoom. He is involved in the team practices. But on game day, Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the the for, guy. All intents and purposes, the guy. He's going to be the head coach. I'm sure Nick Saban will be like you know calling in just like how Mike Norvell did at the Florida State uh, the Florida State Miami game. Mm-hmm. But Steve Sarkeesian is going to make those make those requests. Uh, he's going to make those decisions. Um, that is my understanding of how this is going to go. Georgia, on the other hand, so far has not faced any such impediments so what you pick first but uh you want me to go into a little bit analysis um, you want to do a little analysis no I, i'll do a little turn? i will do a little analysis here um give, give me that hashtag analysis so georgia has come through in a way that i didn't expect them to with the law offices of um stetson bennett stetson bennett the fourth and it's interesting because I think the matchup here is Georgia's quote unquote air raid type offense, which is really just the old Georgia offense. It's not at all. Because Stetson Bennett the fourth is running the game. I'm sorry, the law offices of Stetson Bennett the fourth yeah. is running the game. Um, going up against an Alabama defense that is not an Alabama defense that we recognize from years prior. This ain't yeah. this ain't your this ain't say. your early thirties cousins Alabama defense. So this ain't even our Alabama defense, <laughs> like, nah. Um, but Alabama's offense is really good. The drop off between between Tua and and Mac Jones is not much of a drop off in terms of productivity. Um, Waddle, we knew he was playing well before. The man is flying all over the field now, and Najee Harris is just a freak out of the backfield. Like Alabama just keeps producing these skill players left and right. And it's funny because it's very different from how when about a decade, 12 years ago, when Saban took over this team, it's very different from how he structured it back then. Back then, it was very much, I'm going to give you the best defense possible. We're going to win football games nine to six in overtime. And now he's putting up 45, 50 points a game. Yeah. And they got like the best skill position. They do. And, And the question here is, again, can Georgia's offense keep up with Alabama's offense because I do think that the Georgia defense is fantastic. The line yeah. is incredible, but Georgia's defensive front isn't going up against Florida's offensive line. It's not going yeah. up against uh Tennessee's offensive line. They're going up against Alabama. It's a really good offensive line. They consistently produce NFL type talent on the offensive line. So for me, I think I'm going to have to go with Alabama because even though Georgia's defense is really good, even though Nick Saban is going to be coaching from a remote location, um, Steve Sarkeesian is the person that calls the plays on offense. That, that's I agree because I'm just going to jump in. Go ahead. And yeah. Kind of like I'm also going to be picking Alabama, which I wasn't sure for a little bit when I got this news. But the thing is, Alabama's offense is the strongest part of this team for the first three three games of the season yes who's still if not is now more of a play, a part of that right steve sarkeesian he's still gonna be there he's, he's calling, the calling the plays yeah and the thing is we gotta also take a step back is that 
Alabama's other two teams that they faced were Missouri and Texas A&M. And they mm-hmm. actually did a pre- relatively good go- job from a defensive standpoint against Texas A&M and against Missouri. Um, Ole Miss, they, they just were terrible. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm starting to be like, that's not really, I'm not even going to really blame anyone who plays Ole Miss at this point. <laughs> but I think a large part of it, honestly, is that, with the, is that like Alabama's going to score points. The easiest way for Alabama to win this game is to score points early. Yep. If they score points early, I I just I really don't think that Georgia I just, has a chance. I don't see I don't see this a is world. the game. Right. This is the game where Stetson Bennett is going to have to prove that he can carry this team on his own. Agreed. And that's the thing. I don't see a world where the law offices of Stetson Bennett the fourth are able to keep up with Jones and Harris and Waddle and yeah. any other some random freshman that's going to break out and have a Jerry Judy type game that we don't know about yet because that's what Alabama does. They're able to produce those guys. Steve Sarkeesian is still calling and they're the plays, at home. and they're at home, which is a big deal in these types of in these big SEC games. It's very difficult to win on the road in the SEC. Yeah. Quick question. Yes. If Georgia were to win this game, mm-hmm. does the Saban undefeated against former assistants still stand? No, it doesn't. Because if Georgia okay. wins, the they beat. They oh, beat I see what team. you mean. I see what. You, yeah, no, it doesn't. Because Nick no. Saban, Nick Saban isn't coaching. I still think it would. I I still think that like it no longer stands if if Kirby wins. Kirby I think get, it no Kirby longer would get stands. the credit for that because it's still it's still Nick Saban's team. Yeah, and he's still like, like you said, he's coaching via Zoom during the whole week. He's gonna have an input on the football game. It's not that he's suspended and can't have contact with the team. He's yeah. at, he's gonna he's gonna zoom in at halftime and tell them what he sees. He's gonna talk. You know what I mean? It, it's gonna be. He's connected. still a part of it. He's just he's still a part of the team. Of exactly. Yeah. yeah. So but that's I think, yeah. That's we both what think I think Alabama's gonna win. Yeah, I do think Alabama will win. I think the Saban news definitely made me think twice. But when you go through the position groups, when you go through the fact that C. Sarkeesian is still calling the plays, when you go through the fact that I don't really have as much faith in Stetson Bennett, the law offices of Stetson Bennett the fourth's uh, ability to come from behind if need be um and the fact that georgia's strength is their defensive line and they're going up against one of the best offensive lines consistently in the country i i I think it all adds up for alabama they're at home it's a night game you know there's going to be more people than there should be in that stadium so yeah Uh, we're both going to alabama Alabama. yeah um so that's the end of our five wide that's five wide tyler you have two-point conversion first what game do you want for two-point conversion I would like to point out to the audience that Sergio said pre-recording uh, started that Ole Miss Arkansas wasn't like Arkansas is not a fun team. Uh, can and I clarify I, my statement? I bite my thumb at you, sir. Can I clarify my statement, please? All right, you have the floor. Arkansas is not a fun team to talk about. They are not a team that we just spoke about in Alabama with weapons and the offense is flying and the off and and they they got the, just, the weapons going through. That's not what Arkansas is. Arkansas is we are going to punch you in the mouth for 60 minutes. We're gonna make you uncomfortable. We're gonna pound the football, and Felipe Franks is gonna pull it back on play action and throw a 60-yard deep ball when you're packing nine in the box, and we're gonna score on you. They have an identity now. That's fantastic. That sounds fun to me. Well, I just don't think they're fun to talk about. They're, they're, I they're bite even, my thumb at you, sir. They, Tyler, they're going up against Ole Miss. What team is more fun, Ole Miss or Arkansas? Oh, 100% Ole Miss. And yet you, I'm not saying Arkansas is like more fun than Ole Miss, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying. I am just trying to give you crap. All right. Okay, you succeeded. In I saw an opening pre-show. And I took it. You know okay? what? I respect. Just like Ole Miss is going to take this win from Arkansas. Okay, there we go. Now you're talking logic. Here we go. Yeah. There you go, Tyler. O- Ole Miss plays Arkansas. I do think there is a world where Arkansas can win this game. Because. And it's what I just told you. It's, yeah, it's chewing it's, the you clock You broke it down up. for me. Thank you. You're just yeah. doing the Lord's work out here. I got hashtag um, analysis. Yeah. Arkansas has played unbelievably. They should be 2-1. and one. They are 1-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Um. They beat Mississippi State by punching them in the mouth defensively. They almost beat Auburn by punching the mouth on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And Ole Miss's offense is a different beast than any of the other teams that they've faced. So I don't think they'll be able to keep them down as much. I think Ole Miss's defense is probably the worst currently playing in the country. Mm-hmm. So I think Felipe Franks is going to have himself a game. But I do think Ole Miss, their side of the ball, 
Arkansas is a more balanced team from their two sides of the ball, but Ole Miss's offense is so good mm-hmm. that I think they will be able to outscore Arkansas for this. I think it's going to be a close game, but I, I think, think Ole so Miss too. is going to outlast. I think so too, Tyler. It's going to be fun no matter what, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. It'll be a fun one. Um, all right, my turn. Go ahead. Tyler, I have, me, multi- I have multiple options for my two-point this week. If you pick Kansas, I'm going to slap you. I can, no, they're not. I could um, I could keep it in the SEC, and I could look at Auburn and South Carolina. I could also keep it in the SEC and look at Kentucky, Tennessee. I could take it out to the Big 12 and talk about Kansas, West Virginia. Or, or, or I can be fun. Oh, let's do that. I can go to the ACC. <gasps> And I can look at Duke, North Carolina State. Yeah. Now, Tyler, it would not be a two-point conversion game if I didn't take two lower-level teams from a conference that I don't watch as much football. Because let's face it, I would rather watch a lower-level SEC game than ACC game because of my personal aff- affiliation with the conference. Yeah, it means a certain amount. It it, it does it, Tyler. Does it does it, Tyler? It means a certain amount to us. To us. It that is, is. It is not. That I'm is, not at liberty that, to say. I'm not at liberty to say the value of therein. Uh, it, it, it may <laughs> or may not be a greater amount than other conferences. I just will say that. Cannot um, confirm. Cannot confirm at all. I, Tyler, I want NC State take beating Duke. That's what I want. Let's do it. I want a 3:30 game that will be broadcast on ESPN three. I want to have to find a stream for this football game and be way too invested in. A game that probably only people within the state of North Carolina care about. I want NC State over Duke. I think that uh, this is this is a smart pick in the sense that um, NC State and Duke have both been kind of unreliable in their performances. Yes, but I think NC State has shown way higher upside. Agreed. I, I agree. And I, agree. I think that battle of the is, battle yeah. of the former transfer quarterbacks. You have uh, yeah. a transfer quarterback. In Duke, coming from Clemson, you have a transfer quarterback from I think Notre Dame. No, that's uh, that's Boston College. That's, that's Boston recovery. College. Yeah, uh, Devin O'Leary at NC State was recruited there, but Bailey Hockman, who's also been playing, was from uh, Florida State. That's what it was. There it is. That's what I thought. So, all right, so that is our five wide and two point for five wide BYU in Houston. That's nine thirty on ESPN Friday night. Don't forget, Tyler and I both have BYU, Pittsburgh, Miami, twelve o'clock Saturday on ACC Network. Tyler has Pittsburgh. I have Miami. UCF Memphis, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. I have UCF. Tyler has Memphis. Texas A&M, Mississippi State, 4 o'clock on ESPN. We both have A&M. Georgia, Bama, 8 o'clock CBS. We both have Bama for the two points. Tyler has Ole Miss over Arkansas, and I have NC State over Duke. Tyler, before we wrap this episode up, what is your favorite tweet that I have shared with you this week? A lot of great ones. A lot of great ones. Um, Just bounce around, but let we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to Florida because we haven't we, we don't have, there's no Florida game this week so um, <laughs> we're gonna bring it back. You sent me a tweet uh, from Nick Delatore, and he said, "Let's check in on the message boards." And it's about a message <laughs> board post from the Gator thing that reads, "Should we just onside kick after every time we score this season? If the return team recovers, then they have a short field and consume less time since they're gonna score anyways. Then we get our offense back on the field quicker and tire out their defense more." But if we recover the ball, then get, we gain a possession and don't put the defense in jeopardy of having to put the game in their hands. Looking back at the AM game, this might have been a more effective strategy. <laughs> I don't entirely disagree. But I also don't entirely agree. Agree. It's really awfully risky to do onside kicks every single possession. Not to mention, if for nothing else, then onside kicks are extremely dangerous play to be a part of. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Um, bodies clap, like just a bunch of bodies flying into each other. And the rate of converting onside kicks is just very low. And like, so does that mean that we score a touchdown? It's just, it's, it, it seems more like a way just to put yourself in a hole. Yeah. In a, For a normal team, this would, this strategy would probably just keep the other team in the game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Where and it w- it would just I, continually I, allow them to score points on a shorter field because the rate of conversions for onsides is not high. Yeah, so I'm with you. I mean, it would it could have worked as like an, a surprise thing in the Texas A&M game. I'm not doubting that, but like you know who should do this? Know, who Navy just for fun? 
Oh, absolutely. Just for fun. Because you know they're going to kill clock anyway. So make it a game. I think BYU, uh, BYU should do it just to flex on people. Just do it. Because you know that so- somehow, some way, that Mormon magic will allow them to just recover every onside. Oh, yeah. Big yeah. fan. All right, Tyler. Favorite tweet that you have shared with me this week comes from Gator great Richard Johnson. Yeah. And it says, Florida fans this season. And it is from Endgame, right? Yeah, correct. It's from Endgame. And it's... I don't know who this is, Tyler, this girl. Okay, I know, I know who Avengers Thanos Endgame. is. Let me explain. Just explain it, because I, yeah, I'm not... It's, it's actually technically for Avengers Infinity War. When Thanos... Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen these movies, like Sergio over here. Yep. Um, in, in When Thanos snaps the Infinity Gauntlet and eradicates half of all sentient life in the, in the universe, um, in Infinity War, he briefly has a vision moment uh, where he sees his adopted daughter Gamora as a child um, who comes out, calls out to him like, did you do it? His lifelong goal. He says like, yes. She's like, what did it cost? He says everything because earlier in the movie, he sacrificed her, his daughter Mm -hmm. to get one of the infinity stones. So he killed her to to get his goal. Yeah. It's deep. Um, Yeah. That is deep. And, but it's been it's it's that scene has become a meme and a lot of like people change what baby gamora says mm-hmm. it was like what did it cost everything and in this one you can go ahead and say what it so says. in this one baby gamora now that i know who it is baby gamora says did you get offense and thanos says yes she goes what did it cost and thanos said everything and richard johnson literally everything and richard johnson captions it with florida fans this season for real for real, this is the best. This is the best Florida offense like I've seen in, ever. At least this since is... Tebow was here, like well, for for, and for me, ever. better. Yeah, like, and so. I wasn't like, I wasn't like watching the you know the Spurrier or even the Tebow years really. Like, right. This is since I've been closely, closely following Florida football. This is by far the best offense that we've ever. Yeah, had. I, I, for me, it was I stepped foot on campus and I was like, all right, cool, I'm a Gator for life now. Let's do this. And so this yeah. is for sure the best offense that I've seen. Um, yeah. All right, Tyler. So those are the tweets that we have shared this week. We will be back next week with our, our Week 7 review show. And then also, of course, our Week 8 preview. Hopefully we have a Gator game to talk about then. We'll bring you all those updates on the coronavirus situations, talk about Saban updates, see if Florida is going to end up playing some football at some point this year. And, yeah, be on the lookout for the napkin coming out this Saturday morning Ooh. before you allegedly place your bets. Um, yeah, Tyler, anything else you want to say before we take off? No, we just uh, – in this time, it's a reminder that we are in a global pandemic. Stay safe out there. Yes. More of these games are going to get postponed. People are going to break that news, and you're not going to like it, you fans out there. That does not mean that you should go yell at them just because the facts – that you don't like are still facts so it's not our fault that you don't like facts yeah sorry so be nice also remember these are people's lives that we're playing with so like it's great to have football Mm -hmm. but if it's at any chance of endangering the people playing the game on the field i'm all for postponing and even canceling games completely agree this is already an asterisk season so right completely agree tyler completely agree so well said well said this has been another episode of sideline judgment my name is sergio My name is Tyler. And we are not biased, but for this week and this week only, go every team that I selected and not every team that Tyler selected. I would challenge that. (laughs) But every team that I selected and not you. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. All the teams. Go all the teams. We're not biased, but go Gators. (laughs) Go my teams.